Stay up to date and engage with the financial world. You're listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Perhaps the biggest story in the world of finance and economics today is 40-year high inflation and the Fed's interest rate hike campaign. The most obvious effect of the rate hikes is a dramatic downward re-rating in price-to-earnings multiples. This has caused the Nasdaq 100 to lose close to 30% of its value, putting it well into a technical bear market. But soon, the effects of the rate hikes will go beyond the financial markets and cause seismic changes in the real economy. Today, many economists are sounding the alarm about the record $15.6 trillion of consumer debt in the U.S. Despite the low interest rate period of the pandemic, consumers loaded up on mortgage, auto, and credit card debt. With rates rising, consumers will be crushed by higher interest payments. The skyrocketing debt levels are disproportionately falling on the shoulders of young people. Generation Z, which includes 18 to 24-year-olds, saw their personal debt increase by 30% in 2021, while millennials recorded a 15% increase. Much of this increase can be attributed to an alliance between fast fashion and buy-now-pay-later lenders, who are making it easier than ever to live beyond your means. These multinational corporations are making hundreds of billions of dollars off the backs of young consumers, who are being saddled with exorbitant levels of debt, often carrying usurious interest rates. In this video, we'll look at how the fast fashion industry is exploiting both their consumers and their workers, and this could be the makings of the next financial crisis. Fast fashion refers to discount clothing retailers that change their lineup of inventory on a weekly or even daily basis to keep up with the latest consumer trends. The top fast fashion brands include names like Zara, H&M, Uniqlo, and Sheen. The average fast fashion consumer purchases 68 items per year, or one every five days. After five years, they have accumulated 340 items, which is almost enough for different clothes every single day of the year. At some point, there's not enough room in your wardrobe, and they're too cheap to be worth reselling, so the vast majority end up in landfills. It's almost as if you don't have a washing machine and have to throw away the clothes and buy new ones every day. So why do people buy so much of these cheap clothes? Many researchers and psychologists believe that fast fashion brands exploit the insecurities and social anxieties of the younger generation to entice them into shopping addiction. For example, let's say you grew up in a working class family and wore mostly hand-me-downs from your older siblings so they don't fit very well. The other kids at school may look down on you for being poor. Once you get a job and have even a minimal amount of disposable income, one of the first things on your mind will be to buy new clothes. The fast fashion brands change your lineup of clothes on a weekly or even daily basis. If you want your fashion to keep up with your social circle, you must constantly buy new clothes to replace your old outdated ones. This trend has been supercharged in the age of social media. Many fast fashion brands partner with TikTok influencers to post videos about their so-called shopping hauls when they order obscene amounts of clothes from a fast fashion retailer. These TikTok videos are a constant reminder to young people that they need to buy more clothes to keep up with the trends. Of course, buying the clothes costs money. Once you empty out your bank account, you can't buy anymore. Or at least, that used to be the case. Fast fashion brands are increasingly enlisting the services of Buy Now Pay Later or BNPL lenders like Klarna and Zip to extract even more money from the customers, in many cases leaving them with negative net worths. Their advertisements are geared towards younger audiences and blatantly imply that you can use these services to live beyond your means and buy things you can't afford. And that's exactly what young people are now doing. Many of the BNPL providers offer zero interest rates and no fees. Of course, nothing is actually free. The fast fashion retailers pay the BNPL lenders to compensate them for taking on credit risk. That's because they know that their consumers are credit constrained and will buy more if they have access to debt. 
The fast fashion marketing machine is so effective that consumers want to spend more money than they have. The easier access to credit has caused personal loans volume to increase substantially in recent years, more than tripling from 2010 to 2019 in the U.S. There was a slight decrease in 2020 as consumers used stimulus money to pay down personal debt, but the trend is clearly upwards. The bulk of the increase has come from Gen Z and millennial consumers, as they are the main targets of the aggressive marketing campaigns, both by the fast fashion brands and the BNPL platforms. While the BNPL providers claim they only give credit to people who will be able to pay it off, we know this is not always the case. In Australia, the relevant regulatory body found that 15% of BNPL consumers were forced to use high interest rate vehicles such as credit cards to make good on their BNPL payments. In other similar nations, the numbers are probably similar. If we ever enter into a recession, these numbers will only get higher, and with global central banks raising interest rates, consumers will be under increasing pressure to handle this credit card debt. The ratings agency Fitch Ratings says that BNPL is being adopted mostly by near-prime and subprime borrowers, many of whom would be rejected by traditional credit card companies. Basically, most BNPL customers are young people with relatively low incomes and not much credit history. The credit checks for BNPL loans are typically much less rigorous than those of traditional lenders. Just about anyone can go to H&M and buy $200 worth of clothes on four bi-weekly installments of $50 apiece. And often, consumers will use multiple different BNPL providers. You could have a $500 balance with the firm, Klarna, Afterpay, and Zip each. There's very little communication between them, so each one has no idea how much personal debt you have outstanding. These BNPL companies are all Silicon Valley unicorns with advanced artificial intelligence and machine learning, so they're far safer than the old boring banks, right? How could this possibly go wrong? This is eerily similar to the mortgage market leading up to the financial crisis in 2008. Banks were giving subprime mortgages to pretty much anyone who wanted one regardless of their income, credit history, or net worth. It all worked fine as long as house prices only went up. The moment the housing bubble popped, we all know what happened. BNPL is a relatively recent phenomenon, with all the big players being founded after the 2008 financial crisis. The only recession they've experienced is a COVID recession, which was short-lived and saved by unprecedented government stimulus. If the recent rate hikes drag us into a recession, it could cause a massive disaster as many young consumers are already stretched so thin. The reason fast fashion brands are so successful is that they can offer their products for very cheap prices. This makes it feasible for people to buy 68 items per year. To achieve a competitive advantage, the executives at these fast fashion megacorporations spend most of their time finding every penny of savings that they can extract from their supply chains. Just about all the fast fashion brands outsource their manufacturing to low-cost countries, mostly in Southeast Asia and South America. Because they are making new clothing designs on a weekly basis, much of the production needs to be done by hand, which is very time-consuming and labor-intensive. Nonprofit human rights organizations have documented widespread human rights abuses, including but not limited to physical abuse of workers when quotas are not met, not paying for overtime, and in some cases not paying the workers at all. It's gotten so bad that Zara sweatshop workers hide secret notes in the clothing, saying that they have not been paid for the clothes they made. The fast fashion brands almost never employ the sweatshop workers directly. They instead send orders to third-party manufacturing companies, effectively outsourcing the dirty work of labor exploitation. This way, the fast fashion executives can reap all the benefits of exploitation, while technically not getting their hands dirty. As the industry has gotten more competitive in recent years, these brands have exploited this arrangement to a near-breaking point. Fast fashion brands send their orders to whichever contractor can give them the lowest prices and fastest turnaround times. 
In practice, this means whoever can give their workers the lowest pay, force them to work the longest hours, and enforce the most draconian punitive incentives to make sure quotas are met. It's nothing personal against the workers, the factory owners just do what they have to do to win the contracts. This inevitably leads to a race to the bottom. In 2017, a sweatshop contractor in Indonesia found itself in hot water. They were exposed for numerous labor violations, including firing female workers when they were found to be pregnant, and aggressively harassing labor union members. Their main customer was Uniqlo. When they found out about this, Uniqlo almost immediately ceased doing business with them. This might sound like a good thing. Uniqlo doesn't want to do business with a contractor that exploits their workers. But the reality is far more sinister. The reason the contractor had to resort to such exploitative measures in the first place was to satisfy the cost and efficiency demands of their main customer. The second that these crimes are exposed, Uniqlo will kick them aside like a broken tool and find a new contractor to exploit. This is all so they can avoid PR or legal liability. Indonesia does not have national unemployment insurance. Instead, they require by law that employers give laid-off employees severance pay to hold them over until they find new employment. The problem is the contractor went bankrupt and they don't have any money. While the workers made Uniqlo clothes, they were not technically employed by Uniqlo. The fast fashion conglomerate had no legal obligation to pay the $5.5 million owed. Despite protests and public outcry, the company, which has a market valuation of almost $50 billion, has not paid one penny in compensation to this day. The founders and executives of the large fast fashion brands have built fortunes collectively worth hundreds of billions of dollars based on a two-pronged exploitation model. On the demand side, they partner with BNPL providers to saddle their consumers with exorbitant debt burdens. On the supply side, they create a system to exploit workers under unimaginably draconian conditions. With that being said, it's not all black and white. The only reason that people are willing to work at the sweatshops is because the other employment opportunities in their communities are even worse. On the BNPL side, the Fed printing free money for the past decade has created a desperate search for yield. It's only natural that financial engineers will create new and creative ways to extend credit to more and more risky consumers. It would be naive to expect anything else. At least for the foreseeable future, despite its flaws, fast fashion is here to stay. You've been listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Don't miss a minute wherever you go. Wall Street Millennial, signing out.